But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys. Fatty, Fatty, Big Bride, Big Bride, and my cousin Vinny, and my cousin Vinny. What's going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, Brian. Can you hear me? There yep, I got you. I turn up my headphones a little bit. Uh, sorry for the uh, delay for the special. Thursday show of Legal Ham of the Face. I am that fat guy. He is Big Brian. We are here to get into the nitty gritty. We got some Cavs talk today. We got some Browns beat up on the Bengals. Got some trade deadline stuff. We had the State of the Union with Andrew Barry. And then we're going to get into some Halloween costumes and some horror movies at the end. But as always, our show is brought to you by Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA. Please get a hold of Hero Kill if you would like to join a pool league, any kind of pool league of Hero on the west side of Cleveland. Uh, mostly Parma and Parma Heights is where we normally play out of. If you like to join a team, get a hold of myself or Big Bry, or email us at illegalhamtotheface at gmail.com, and we will get you in touch with somebody that will hook you up. Uh, Bry wanted a day off after he lost to me in fantasy football. Uh, I wish that was the case. It was not Bry. It was me. So I... You know, we both lost. Yeah, I know. We well. I oh, oh, just Justin's saying, yeah, yeah. Hey, if if me losing to Justin because he has Hunt and Chubb on his team, uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. And to think, didn't he want to? Tra- <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wanted to trade him last week. Look at that. Hmm. Hunt or Chubb? Both. Both. Wow. Should have taken him up on that. I know. I know. All right, Brian, do you have any shout-outs for this week, big fella? I do not. Nope. Okay, well, I got one major shout-out. They announced it on Sunday night. Our boy, Kevin Arnold, from the Voice of Land podcast, is expecting a baby Arnold. Him and his wife are pregnant now. They have a baby on the way. I got to also shout-out my little ones, my little heathens here. Uh, They dressed up as a ninja and a pirate for Halloween. And they got it done quick enough so I could come home and watch the Browns game. So mm-hmm. great job by those two. <laughs> uh, I do. Are you done with your shout outs? I, I remember one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Whenever buddy. you're done. Sorry. Um, it was my mom's birthday. Uh, probably about a week ago now. So that's why it, it seems like a distant memory. But uh, yeah, let me shout her out just in case she's watching, listening. Nice. Happy birthday, mom. Yep. Now we have a date this next Friday, right? Yes. Yep. Friday. Friday, right. we're all in. Because the wife is practicing as we speak. 
Oh, she, first time playing or just need a it's, refresher? Just a refresher. So make sure you bring some quarters because uh, we play certain rules in this house. All right. You got it. Make it a little interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, what pizza do you want? Do you want a fancy pizza? You just don't care. Do you? <laughs> no. I warm pizza and cold beer. That's all I need. That'll all right. be a good night. Have you had sweet basil yet? I have, and I like it. Okay. We'll, we'll figure out a new place that you haven't had, all right? Sounds all good. Right. So, um, let's see here. Monday night Halloween. Yes, Craig Foster was there. I saw the pictures. They had a great turnout for the uh, possum rally for the uh, the fundraiser for Greg. And awesome. they, they were all downtown. Craig was downtown at, um, oh, they went to the meet and greet and had a whole bunch of other stuff. So he had some pictures up on his Facebook, which was absolutely amazing. Um, Halloween night, man. How crazy is that? On a Monday mm, night, Halloween night. So much fun. And just, we'll get into it here in a little bit, Bri. Uh, normally, we would do a trivia for you today, and we decided to punt that out of the road because it's Thursday. And you know something? Honestly, I just got done with work, and I didn't even think of one. So fatty fail it's on that. Good. You know, <laughs> Gotta find where's the fatty fail. Oh my lord, that's a bri fail right there. I don't have my glasses on. Nope, that's not it. There's the fatty. <laughs> there it is, right there. That's what happens when you get a fatty fail. Uh Brian, let's get into our fantasy football league real quick while I have it up. Yep. Uh, this week, all right, we have everybody's bunched up. You had the juice defeating fat happy endings 173 to 144. Baldy Locks beat Big Bry 112 to 105. The fantasy football team beat up on Giggles 144 to 107. Harold Keel came back with another win, Bry beat up on the Cleveland Lyman Lounge 163. Tim Team Big Meat beat up on the Dog Pound Boys 138 to 118. Team Span beat up on the Portage County Prostitutes, 148-137. And Kevin Arnold beat up on Team Big Rod, 133-119. to 119. Wow. And updates, let's go to our projections right now. Team football team, big man, 7-1 and one right now. Four well done. Kevin Arnold, Team Span, Team Big Rod, and Dog Pound Boys at five and three. You have the Juice, the Prostitutes, Happy Endings, Big Meat at four and four. Then you have the Giggles, Lyman Lounge, and Harold at three and five. And then bringing up the rear, you have Big Bry and Baldy Locks at two and six. So we are halfway through the season, Bry. Yep. Time to put up a shut up. I know. I know. And let's see here. Extra fatty fail. Yeah, I know. I got, I got you. I got you with that one. Crap. <laughs> you know, th there's times that I just really want to just let loose on this show and just, you know, bry words that, you know, most people haven't heard before that you just be like, hold on, is that actually a cuss word? But I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I want to, but I just can't. You never know. Your mom could be watching. You want to do that. She's heard it before already. <laughs> hey, last time I played Euchre, she called me a cocksucker. My mother. My mother. Then she called my brother-in-law an MFer. Yeah, my mother. Takes, takes her Euchre serious, I guess. 
Yeah, it, she wasn't happy that game. Me and Chris were just killing them. <laughs> she looked at me and she goes, "You're a." I'm like, "Mom, there's kids in here." She goes, "Cocksucker." I'm like, "Oh!" I'm like, "Of course you would say that." So, you gotta love that family feud when you get in the card game. So, Bri, you might hear some choice words, and it might be some charm. Oh, <laughs> oh, is he developing a mouth? A little bit. It's it's not. Uh, it's it's really funny how he he cusses because it used to be the actual words, and now it's uh, like holy farfanugan. Um, you know, he just throws in different f's, which cracks me up for. <laughs> or the uh, what the h? He even did the what to Hitler. I'm like, what? Like, what are you doing, Charlie? Josh. <laughs> By uh, by third grade kids have pretty much heard it all. So no, yeah, it's no surprise. Yeah, I mean between movies, TV shows, video games, yeah, they heard it all. Here's Chris took her down and your sis. Uh, sis wasn't happy too, and sis is worse than mom with the mouth. Let's just put it this way: if you ever watched Yellowstone and you've seen Beth Dutton, that's my sister. Couple couple episodes. Yeah, that's all I need to see to to understand that. that. Sure. That, my sister to a T. <laughs> so just forewarning you. All Your right, sister's not that raunchy. Oh, you have no idea. Bri. Okay. Well, then I'll take your word for it. She's all nice and innocent until a couple of cinnamon liquors hit her lips. And then it just comes out like a barrage of beat up. Just, oh, Bri. Take cover. Bri, Bri, Bri. Well, let's get into our uh, Cleveland headlines here real quick, Bri, because we're going to try to move through because we got next week we are doing a mailbag show next week plus the bry and fatty ohio state michigan week because we can't do it beforehand because of holidays and all that stuff we were wanting to do a special show so next week we're going to get into ohio state michigan getting some college football look ahead to miami and do a mailbag a questionnaire from everybody if you guys want to throw up questions for us next week we answer all Bring them on. Doesn't matter what it is. So, Brian, let's get into our Cleveland headlines, all right? Mm Mm-hmm. First off on your Cleveland headlines, your Cleveland Cavaliers are just on fire. Derek Scarlett came back last night. And they beat the Celtics again in overtime, 114 to 113. Then Garland had 29 points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 24. Just a great team effort. I actually got to watch a Cavs game. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole yeah, game. Yeah, wasn't that nice? Did you watch it too? Uh, I watched the whole first half. And then I kind of fell asleep at halftime. And I woke up for overtime. So we'll say 60% of it I saw. Bry, I was actually kind of impressed because, you know, I I know of Donovan Mitchell. I don't get to see him that mm-hmm. often because it's Utah Jazz. And everybody kept telling me, you know, he's a shorter guy. He's a shorter guy. He's a shorter guy. Bry, looking at his frame, I don't care if he's six foot because he looks like he's holding about 230 on him. He is like a short, just stocky, quick guy. Unlike the normal, like, you know, Trey Young six footers that if a wind blows right, he's rolling <laughs> down the street and into a garbage bag. Um, but man, this team is just something special right now, and they're just playing to have fun, and they are they are straight up having fun. 
because after the uh, win last night between Garland and Mitchell, the uh, wonderful celebration was absolutely insane between those two. So, I mean, unreal what this Cavs team is doing right out of the gate, Brian. I understand it is a very long, long season. But for right now, you can get excited for this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a fun team to watch. And you don't have to watch them for very long to kind of figure that out. And it's just so kind of refreshing, you know, where Cleveland sports fans are right now and where we've been over the last five, ten years. Um, It's just they have guys, they have players that you can get behind, that you can support because they're they're easy to root for. And, um, you know, that's not always – what makes a team fun to watch or anything like, but it, it makes it a little bit easier to like, okay, yeah, these guys are out there having fun. They're supporting one another. They all seem to be good dudes. So, you know, I think the city will really get behind them uh, throughout this year. And yeah, to beat the Celtics, the defending uh, Eastern conference champs two times in a week. You, you know, I know they both went to overtime, but um, you still got the W and it's not easy to do. So um, I think I started thinking about it yesterday, like after watching them and what they can do and who did they play this past week where um, was it Mitchell and Levert went for 41 each? Yeah. Holy. And Levert's like our, you know, fourth, fifth scoring options. So um, just to have guys like that that can just pop up and go off like that in one night, it's, it's so much fun, so refreshing to watch. And um, what I was thinking to myself last night was this team, there's two things that are kind of holding this, not holding this team back, but if they can get these two things, I think they're championship contenders. And one is just something that you're going to have to be patient about. They need, first thing is they need a playoff experience. And that's, you know, with that, you know, then they, they start getting more comfortable in those big moment situations and, Hopefully that'll happen this year. And then the other thing that, that they're lacking or, you know, what would take them to the next level is Evan Mobley taking that next step. And because right now it's the Garland and the Mitchell show and what those guys can do, and it's pretty spectacular. But Evan Mobley, man, if he could just turn into like a superstar, I think it's right now maybe a little premature to call him an all-star. It's asking a lot of him. You know, let's not forget he's only 20 years old. So uh, there's not many 20-year-olds that make the All-Star game. So if he could ever make that next step, be it this year or next year, and, you know, Garland continues to improve, Mitchell kind of stays where he's at and takes that leadership role, the sky's the limit for this team. And I know we're only seven games in, eight games in this year, but um, but they're a fun team to watch, man. Uh, I think uh, the city will really get behind them like they did the Guardians for the next several years, hopefully. Now, Justin put in and goes, okay, I know it was past Eastern Conference champs. I understand that. And I know it's not your Jordan Bulls because he is a Bulls fan. Oh, okay. But for Cleveland fans, this is huge because we finally got a team without a LeBron. I mean, we had the Doherty and Price years where we ran into Michael Jordan. After that, Mm -hmm. we didn't have much until we got LeBron. Then we got LeBron. Didn't have much again when he left. Got LeBron back. And then this team, we had to rebuild. Because nobody wants to be a free agent in Cleveland. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to come to Cleveland in December, January. 
it sucks here. I mean, I, I Bri, you and I both know it sucks here, but mm-hmm. it just, for this young team and just like even Donovan Mitchell to actually, you know, the trade, he could have said, no, I don't want to go to Cleveland. He was so excited to come to Cleveland because of the kids that we got here. And you know something, this might change the culture for the Cavs from here on out that might make it a destination for free agents. And I even went to Twitter last, or when did they play last night? Last mm-hmm. night. I went to Twitter last night and Bri, I will say it on this show. Um, Lord, I apologize for trying to run Kevin Love out of this city for as long <laughs> as I have. That man has swallowed his pride took his role where he's supposed to be now, and he's loving every minute of it. There's your playoff experience right there is with Kevin Love. There is sure. your 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 experienced guy that's taking these guys. Last night, watching him dunk and then just high-fiving the whole bench. I didn't know he could still dunk, for one. I mean, he's like, what, 48 <laughs> now? He's the, right, he seems like he's super old. He can't be that old, what, 31, 32, maybe? Yeah, but he can't. He never could jump to begin with. He just, he was one of those defense. He's 6'10. Well, so? <laughs> Doesn't mean he could jump? That's true. I wonder if I could dunk at 6'10. I don't know. I know I can't dunk at 6'10. <laughs> I don't even think I can touch the net. That's how bad that is. But yes, this, this Cavs team is just, it's, it's great. I can't wait for the ride they're about to take us on. And you know something, next step, like you said, playoffs. You need playoff experience. You don't need mm-hmm. a playing game. You don't need anything else. Try to get the third, fourth, fifth, sixth seed, and then just see Kevin Love is 34. God, why does it feel like he's 34? Man. Like, there's a lot of, like, those times. I'm really old then, because I still remember him at UCLA. All fat Kevin Love. Yeah, chunky Kevin Love with the shaved head. Yeah, pencil thin beard. Love fat Kevin Love. He needs to go back to that. This healthy (laughs) Kevin Love just doesn't look right. All right, Brian, do you want to get into the other headline for your Cleveland headline? Absolutely. All right. I even put it up here for you. The Cleveland Browns whooped that bingo ass on Monday Night Football. And Bry, it had me scared at the beginning with a blocked field goal and some other things that happened. I had some few choice words about uh, not seeing Nick Chubb touch the ball and what were they doing. And then, oh, and the one reverse with Amari Cooper, which we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> here a bit later. Oof, please but, don't. But, Bry, finally, finally, we had an A-plus game from our offense. We had an A-plus game from our defense. And I'll give our special teams about a B. We finally okay. had complimentary football. And look what happens. You had Joe Burrow rattled the entire game. Your offense could do whatever they wanted against that defense. I mean, whatever they wanted during the second half. They could have mm-hmm. just, just shoved it down their throat with Nick Chubb all the time if they wanted to. DPJ showed up. Cooper showed up huge. I mean, it was it was the DPJ, it was the Cooper, and it was the Chubb show. The entire show was right there. Those three. It was unreal, Brian. Yeah, and let's not forget Kareem Hunt and all he was going through for him to come through uh, in that giant moment, um, national TV. And 
for the record, I never believed Kareem Hunt really wanted a trade. I think he was just taking the advice from his agent who said, hey, probably not going to resign you, so the best thing for your career to do is demand a trade. He wants to be in Cleveland. To this day, Kareem Hunt still wants to be in Cleveland. He just wants a average to maybe slightly below average deal, and he would stay. Um, but I don't know if he's going to get it, so... That's unfortunate, but yeah, for him to go out there and play his buns off like that, that was pretty good to see. And, you know, the whole game, it was just, man, it was from probably halfway through the second quarter to the end of the game, it was just a party because the first quarter and a half, the defense was, was playing their ass off, but um, the offense really couldn't get anything going. And yeah, you mentioned the, the pass by Cooper, uh, not something that we want to relive, but uh, thankfully, scoring 32 points after that uh, kind of washes that bad memory away. So, yeah, nothing but good things to say about this defense. I mean, they just they stepped up absolutely 100%. And don't forget, they're still banged up. They're without their uh, number one corner, probably number one linebacker. Um, and the defensive ends are still a little banged up. But Miles Garrett played – a heck of a game. That's what uh, that's what defensive players of the year uh, performances look like. So, just I mean, from that tip pass that we intercepted, I feel like that was almost a changing the the momentum shift that we needed for the rest of the game that carried us through because they were just driving down, driving down, doing kind of whatever they wanted, and you figured they're at least getting a field goal there, and then Miles Garrett just kind of turns the tide and. It took our offense a little bit of time to catch up after that, but uh, man, it was it was fun to watch him. I don't know. Some teams just have other teams' numbers. I think we just have the Bengals' numbers. You see, the Rams and the Forty Niners, Rams Super Bowl champs. They can't beat the Forty Niners in the regular season. So, I'm hoping we just have Joe Burrow's number. And uh, you know, I know they didn't have Jamar Chase, but I don't know if he would have made that big of a difference. I mean, but you also got to factor in the people we didn't have. We didn't have JOK. We didn't have Denzel Ward. You know, we mm-hmm. had some people out too. And like, I I was taking notes just for this show, right? Because I knew we were going to have a bye week and everything else. So like the first quarter, let's see here. I put down field goal block, great sack by Garrett on third down, mm-hmm. Cooper interception. What the hell was that? And then John Johnson the third great open field tackle on a third down. Yep, sure. So I mean, it just starts like that, and it's. You know, the, they always say it's five plays that decide a game. Five plays, really, that decide a football game. And you went out and did those pretty much five plays in the first half, and you took control of that football game right out of the gate. Now, Coach, I, I know you love watching Illegal Ham to the Face. Uh, it's probably one of your top broadcasts to watch. Do me the biggest favor in the world. Don't ever, ever freaking throw a wide receiver reverse pass downfield again it's not obj here it's not jarvis landry here stop it 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 one more time stop it he threw it right to him yeah literally right to the defender the thing is though is if you look dpj was wide open behind that guy like just straight steaming but i'm just sitting there going why why you got to get cute right now? Why now of all time to get cute? Like, why? Why? It's, hey, first down. Uh, hike. Here you go, Nick. Second down. 
hike. Here we go, Nick. Like, it's not that hard to do. I mean, we got the leading rusher and the leading touchdown rusher in the NFL right now. It's not that hard to do to turn around and just go, here, take the ball and run. Even the Wildcat, that was probably one of the smartest things he could have done. Yeah, take absolutely. The and just watch that offensive line. And I'm telling you what, that offensive line, Brian, we have got to, the elephant in the room. You got Wyatt Teller hurt. That kid has stepped up and done great. But also, our center does not get enough credit. Somebody put it out on Twitter last night. For that guy to come from Seattle, to be a backup here, to just thrown into the wolves right out of the gate and be as good as he has been since he's taken it over is unreal. Unreal what that – just that guy is so good, Brian. And he sta- I think he stabilizes the whole offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, I mean, think that he, he was supposed to be our backup this year. And, you know, I get, unfortunately, it's bad news for Nick Harris because – I mean, he, he doesn't seem to do it week in and week out where he just shows up. And I think this week he was like a top five performer on our team. You know, he graded out with the Miles Garretts and the Joel Batonios. He was up there with those guys. And, and it's just crazy to think. I wish we had him for more than one year. Um, but hopefully it's here. Hopefully they give him a contract. I don't think it'd have to be super lucrative, but. Yeah, to have a center like that that could kind of pull each other together, pull the team together, it's just – it's crazy. And he's not your typical uh, – if you look at him, he's not your typical center. He's, what, like 6'5 or 6'6? Six, six. So, yeah, he's a tall guy. Um, yeah, it's just – it's fun to watch that unit work. You mentioned the Wildcat. I thought, you know, Stefanski sometimes gets super into trying to be – very sneaky and, you know, throw these different kind of trickeries at the other team. And it seems like they're always ready for it. And it's like, you know, this is just a subtle trick play. This is, you don't have to go all out, you know, just throw a little wrinkle at them that they're not expecting. Like we haven't run wildcat all year long. So nobody was ready for that. You know, Nick Chubb's going to get the snap and run it, but it just caught them off guard just for that split second. And it, and it worked. And I thought maybe the best player of the game, for me was um, I think it was in the second half where uh, or maybe the end of the first half where it was like third and five, third and six, and maybe third and seven. Even We ran a draw play and I, it, it went for like 20 yards and just something like that. You know, they're expecting you to run the ball on first and second down, but on third and seven, third and six, you know, not many people run the ball there. So just to catch them off guard just a little bit, the draw play worked out great for us. It worked out great for us again in the second half with uh, Kareem Hunt. And it's just like stuff like that. It's not super sneaky, but um, but it's just a little wrinkle. And, and it had great success this past week. And the other thing, I mean, it actually looked like a team effort for once. Like this team actually had fun together for the first time and I don't know how long. But even – you know, you're talking about little things. You know, I watched the sneak with Brissett. He got stood up right behind that line. Harrison Bryant just snuck him right behind him and just pushing him all the way out there for a three-yard gain. Like, just, mm-hmm. it's the little things that you need to do on a week-in, week-out basis to win in the NFL. And even just the coverage. I mean, Bryant, another person that doesn't get a lot of, you know, headlines, Taki Taki, what a 
hell of a game he played. Player of the game. I come in with the strip and everything. Everybody thought it was Miles Garrett. It was him came in with the strip. Tackles everywhere. He was just hair on fire, just going everywhere. The left mm-hmm. tackle for Cincinnati, man, did he get blessed into the league with the uh, couple of spin moves by Miles Garrett. And then Thomas, yeah. the seventh round pick, came in and got a couple of sacks on him. Man, oh, man. It's just, I don't know how this defense goes from what we saw fighting with each other, pointing fingers at each other, and everything else to actually playing great these past two games. And it's just, we needed this at the beginning of the year, Bri. We don't need it now. I mean, it might be too far gone to where we can come back. I mean, like you said, it's playoff atmosphere now. You got to start stacking up wins. I put a mm-hmm. poll out on Twitter said, you know, with this uh, momentum they got after this huge win against Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, can this push them to a playoff berth? Can this, you know, get them that extra oomph, the, you know, the excitement to get them going, or is it too far gone? And right now we don't know for sure, but we got a gauntlet of teams coming up here that we're going to have to, I mean, we got Miami, Buffalo, and Tampa. And then after those three games, Deshaun comes back and we'll see what he is after two years off. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. but we had such high hopes for this team to begin with that if you flip it around, we could have been, I mean, Brian, if you think about it, we could be six and two or five and three right now instead of three and five. Yeah, and, and I think if they put that effort forward that they did on Monday night, you probably are. And that's the most frustrating thing is that uh, we know they have that effort in them. You know, Jacoby Brissett isn't that bad. He's not shooting you in the foot left and right, throwing picks, turning it over, and, you know, stalling drives. But, yeah, there's a little credibility to saying that we've been a little banged up, um, you know, with some key players and, you know, guys are out there battling. Miles and Clowney are out there battling. And I think this uh, this bye week comes at the perfect time because hopefully you get maybe um, Teller back, you know, Ward. Um, although, I mean, MJ Emerson, he had a hell of a game too. I mean, yeah, he did. there's part of me that wonders, like, after the Browns see a game like that, do they regret giving Denzel Ward, you know, $20 million, knowing that he's – you know, let's be honest, maybe one more concussion, his season might be over. Maybe two more concussions, his careers may be in jeopardy, unfortunately. I mean, I hate to paint a bleak picture like that, but um, it's just it's the nature of the this business. And I don't know. You hope to get him back. You hope that he's 100% when you do get him back um, and he can be a difference maker. But you just don't know. So, yeah. This bye week comes at a great time. Get these guys healthy. Maybe Najoku comes back too. Who knows? And yeah, you just hope you get that effort again. You know, it's not good enough to do it one week and then, uh, you know, kind of let rest on your laurels it, that this team has done in the past. Because you have, I mean, we'll talk about it next week a little more, but probably an equally as important game coming up against the Dolphins, who are probably a better team than the Bengals are right now. And you're going on the road to do it. You know, two is leading the league in passer rating right now. And those two wide receivers, they'd scare any defense. So you better come with that exact same effort. Then they picked up a pass rush too from Denver. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, they're they're a good team. It's going to be interesting, which we'll get into that next week when we look ahead to Miami. Um, Bri, the other thing I wanted to bring up, 
um, should we be concerned with Cade York right now? Now, I know he got pissed off and kicked a 55-yarder through, and there was plenty left. But he's had a couple blocked already. We've had a couple miscues with him. Is this just going to be a learning experience that we just got to deal with for now until he gets more comfortable, you know, in the role where he's at? For the first time, um, I think I'm starting to maybe get a little bit concerned with Cade York. Uh, I still think he's a great kicker. I think he can kick it from 65 and be accurate from there. My concern is the trajectory of his kicks. And if you remember, uh, I want to say six, seven, maybe eight years ago, we had a guy, a kicker by the name of Travis Coons, and he kicked. 15 of he made his first 15 field goals. I want to say he was like 15 to 15 or something. And then teams realize that he just kicks that low ball and you just you, you pile in the middle and you just try to block it. And he never really kicked anything over 50 yards, but they figured him out that, that you can all you have to do is stick up a hand and you got a good chance of blocking it. So you, you watch Justin Tucker, his kicks are just straight you know that no chance of ever getting blocked um and yeah it, it it worries me a little bit that he might have to learn how to kick the ball a little bit um because teams in this league will figure you out even if you can kick it from 70 yards i mean you have to be kicking it low so he's gonna have to learn how to get it up i'm not just gonna put it on the offensive line and say they have to do a better job of blocking because i think part of it has to do with the way he's kicking the ball yeah, and I, I'm, for once, I'm not too concerned. It's, I think it's just growing pains. We're going to have these with him, at least until he gets more comfortable. I mean, we got to factor in. I mean, this is his eighth game. He's kicking in Brown Stadium for what, like the third time or fourth time, and his whole once he starts getting used to it and gets his like, like you know, Phil Dawson always had a regiment. Once he figures out his regiment of what he wants to do throughout the day, how he wants to kick. I think he'll get there. I think he's just got to find that rhythm for himself. And once he does watch out, because like you said, he can kick it from anywhere. I mean, the size of his leg is just, it's, I mean, when he kicked that ball, cause he even told Mary Kay, cause he was, he was upset because the other one got blocked. He was so mad. Mm-hmm. That he kicked that ball so hard because he was upset. And it shows that he wants to be good. I mean, for him to be upset. And then also the other thing that Mary Kay said with miles is miles feels like he let the team down when he got in that car accident, he was hurt. He was banged up. He wasn't his full self. And now he's starting to come back to his full self. So it's, this team is finally starting to get healthy. And I think it's going to be fun to watch here in the next few weeks, Brian. I really do. I think we're going to have a blast. Yeah. They just have to, all I ask of them is they play their hearts out for 60 minutes. I think if they play their hearts out for 60 minutes and Stefanski, you know, doesn't get too cute with his play calling, I mean, the sky's the limit. You can win with Jacoby Brissett. You can beat oh, yeah. the Dolphins. You can beat the Bucks. Um, you just have to go out there and do it. And you can't, uh, can't be showboating because you made one play or you can't be uh, celebrating on the sidelines because you're up seven or ten points because if you do that, you're probably going to end up losing the game. So they're a young team. They just have to stay focused for the entire game. 
All right, Brian, do you want to get into our uh, players of the week? Sure. All right, which is a great week when we, you know, actually get to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, why don't you give me your big O player or players of the week? Uh, I'm going Brissett. Um, and it's just, he did it again. And I think I remember at some point in the third quarter, he was like 22. Well, what he finished 17 to 22 or something. He was like, um, you know, he only had three incomplete passes or something. And one was a spike and two were drops. And so just, he continues to do it. And, you know, you heard the announcers say that Cincinnati didn't give up a touchdown in the second half all year. And, I mean, yeah, you obviously have to give credit to our running backs and our offensive line, but the quarterback can win or lose you the game. And he didn't lose us the game. And some of those passes to Cooper were right on point. And, uh, yeah, very comfortable with him as our backup. So uh, so he, he had a great game. And I, sometimes I think he doesn't get enough credit. Sometimes maybe I'm too hard on him because, you know, he can't do everything as a quarterback, but, uh, but he's very smart and he didn't lose us that game when uh, that first half, that was hard to watch for the first quarter and a half anyways. So yeah, props to him. All right. My big O player of the week, uh, you know, a lot of different ways. The offense played great. Offensive line definitely played great. I don't think Jacoby was pressured that much. Um, Jed Wills stepped up and had a really good game against Bengals do have somewhat of a solid pass rush with Hubbard and, you know, they're on the edge. But mine, Mari Cooper, shows you what real talent, even though he threw that interception, but Bry, that toe tap and catch there at the end zone, some of the catches that he's made just – running out it's it's unreal to actually see a wide receiver that we wanted that we traded for show up and actually want to play for cleveland and i'm not saying that jarvis or obj didn't but but we've we've been through the gauntlet of kenny Britt, Dwayne bow you know josh gordon not be able to get on the field like we've had talent here it's just they never wanted to play and to get him for a was it a fifth round pick after mm-hmm. this traded Chase Claypool, Chase freaking Claypool for a second round pick. Top three receiver in the league. What are you talking about? Oh my God. Uh, but yes, uh, I think Amari Cooper being on this team, I think it actually changed this team. I think it's helped people's Jones. Um, I think it's helped David Bell. I think it's helped the tight ends to get them free. Um, but yes, I think Amari Cooper definitely for me is the big O of the week. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. sure. about your big D of the week? Um, I'm giving it to Taki Taki. I mean, he was just a monster out there, and he stepped up with in the absence of JOK, and he made play after play, you know, tackle for loss, a couple of them. That strip sack certainly was a game-changing play, and, you know, we haven't heard much from him the first uh, two and a half years of his career. Um, so for him to go out there and have a performance like that on primetime TV when we absolutely needed it was huge. So, uh, yeah, big props to him. We, we need that every single week. We need that intensity. And, uh, yeah, couldn't be more proud of him watching him. That was awesome. All right. For me, uh, there is two names that stick out the most. 
for first off, Miles Garrett. I I don't care if Andrew butts, Brian. That is the Miles Garrett we need every week. Mm-hmm. That is, it's not taking plays off. It's not any of that crap. We need that Miles Garrett every week. We don't need this double teaming, all this stuff moving moving down the line like they have been. I mean, I saw him play. I saw him play on the right side, Bry. Like I, they moved him around on the defensive line to get him the best matchup, and they need to do that from here on out. And my second one, John Johnson the third. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't great, but it seemed like after everybody called him out, he finally got his nose on the ball and started coming down and getting some big hits on, especially on the mixing and everything else when they were dumping out because they couldn't do anything else. I mean, you had Taki Taki, you had John Johnson the third. Martin Emerson had an amazing game. Amazing mm-hmm. game. We didn't say much about um, Greg Newsom. Greg Newsom still had a great game. Yeah, I, if I'm going to give a second guy, I would give Emerson for sure. Oh, yeah. I think I think he makes, to this point in this year, through the first half of our season, I think he's made more plays in our secondary than anybody else on the team. And that's a third-round rookie. And that's not a slight at the other guys, but um, well, they keep man, attacking if you can get why. guys like that. What's that? I mean, they keep attacking him. That's why. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a third round rookie. They're going to throw at him all the time, and he's and up. He's for the making challenge. plays. Right. He is up for the challenge. Breath of fresh air. Bry, do you have a just not my day player of the week? Yeah, I'm gonna. After that performance, I'm just I'm keeping it positive. I'll give you, I'm going to give you a, a special teams player of the week, and it was all because of one play, and that's uh, Anthony Schwartz. Um, people have written him off, and you know maybe he's not going to be the receiver of the future for us, but he was out there on special teams trying to make play. He got in, a, got some pressure on the punter. And forced him to shank the ball, and I think it was like a twenty-yard punt or something like that. So, use his speed in other ways, and just yeah, tip of the cap to him for going out there, not hanging his head because he can't get on the field on the offense, trying to make a play on special teams and get a uh, get the coaches' staff attention that way. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, my just not my day player of the week, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Had no chance. Every time he dropped back, it was one Mississippi, two ah shit. Drop back again. One Mississippi, two ah shit. He had no time whatsoever. And in between the defensive tackles, we heard from Taven Bryan. We heard from Elliott. We heard from Clowney. We heard from Thomas. We heard from Garrett. The defensive line just won that whole offense. They just won it. There was no mm-hmm. advance or butts, and Joe Burrow had nowhere to go with it. If you give him time, he'll pick you apart, but if you don't give him time, he ain't going to do anything. And, Bri, I felt bad. I'm sitting here watching this blowout, and I'm like, man, I picked a blowout the other way because I honestly <laughs> thought that this Browns team folded in. I really did. I thought they quit. I thought they were done, and they just folded lawn chair. We're out. We don't want to do this anymore. And you know something? They proved me wrong. But just like you said, though, from here on out, we're not playing a schedule game four or five weeks down the road. Every game now is a playoff game because every loss that you take is one more step of you being out of the playoff hunt. You have to win, win, win. You got to get on a win streak right now. 
Well, and let's give uh, let's give the coaching staff credit. We've been hard on them for the first uh, several weeks of the season, Joe Woods especially. But something about I mean, say what you want about these guys, they seem to play our um, our division very tough. Even the, the last year's games with Baker Mayfield, I mean, we lost a very low scoring game um, to the Steelers and the Ravens last year because our offense couldn't get anything going. Our defense showed up and played. And, you know, the Ravens game this year, the Bengals game this year, the defense has showed up and showed out. So give them a lot of credit because the game plan that they have for Lamar Jackson, for Joe Burrow, has worked over the last couple of years. We just we need the production on the offensive end to match. All right. Now, Brian, we're going to put a button in this great win that they had over the – Bengals, how did we do on our spread and our win? You had it written down. I had a blowout. You had a close game. Yep. I had the Browns winning and covering, and you had the Bengals winning and covering. And we both lost. So I'll take that loss, though. No, I won twice. Get out of here. No, you didn't. No, you I had didn't. the Browns winning and covering. I just said that. I thought you had the Bengals winning. Mm-mm. I thought you had the Bengals winning like 30, 20. I think 30 28. I had Browns. Don't quote me on the score, but I had the Browns winning. You better have that written down because I thought we both. Yeah, go back and listen. No, go back and listen. I mean, it's 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 on the internet. Internet don't lie. All right, I'll have to go back and listen. Let's see here. I'm pretty sure that somebody will say, "Yeah, let's see here." Losing to the Jets, Patriots, and Chargers. Yeah, that one definitely hurt. But you got to go for the division. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. So, Bry, little uh, little curveball here. We had the uh, the trade deadline has come and gone. All right, we didn't lose anybody. We didn't gain anybody. And we had the State of the Union with Andrew Barry. Um, I listened to the whole press conference, Bry. Um, mm-hmm. Not much you get to take out of that. Um, the one thing I did take out of it, though, is if the Browns – sounded like if the Browns would have lost this matchup with the Bengals, Kareem Hunt was gone, no matter what happened. Oh, yeah, sure. And, you know, for them winning and Kareem playing the way he did, they kept him around. Um, supposedly, they were in on a defensive tackle – um, but uh, just nothing matched up. They were trying, I think it was the commanders they were going after one of the commanders' defensive tackles, but just nothing matched up. Um, but other than that, uh, we had some big moves. We had Claypool go to the Bears, we had Rokon Smith go to the Baltimore Ravens, which makes them tougher now. You had Bradley Chubb go to the Miami Dolphins, which makes them tougher now. You had Kadarius Tony go to the um, Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yep. Like they need another speedster there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, all in all, with the GM talk and everything else that has happened and the trade deadline, where are you at with the, um, the trade deadline of what did or did not happen for your Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I think it, it was pretty appropriate in what happened on the trade deadline. Um, you can't go all in for this year by any means. But at the same time, like we talked last week, if you lose that game against the the Bengals, then, yeah, your season's probably over. You probably think more seriously about trading Hunt and trading Greedy Williams if you truly have no interest in re-signing them because why keep them on the team if you're just going to 
play it out and you're not really playing for anything. So I'm glad that they, uh, they kept those guys around. Um, you know, even if they leave in, in uh, free agency, you get some sort of compensation draft wise with that. So, yeah, I, I think the Browns did a very good job uh, not doing anything just because, yeah, the Dolphins are in a position to go for it. Uh, the Ravens are in a position to go for it. The Browns are still kind of in that middle ground where, like, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have many draft picks to trade to begin with. So you don't want to be giving up more of your future to go all in on this year when, you know, a couple more losses the next month might kind of kick you out of the playoff competition. So, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with what they did, not doing anything. Oh, by the way, big fella, special show announcement for next week. Since it is voting day, Bri, mm-hmm. our top three is going to be things that you would change in sports. Okay. You like that? Gotcha. I'll put in some thought there. A little something to think about for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't deal Hunt because I, I know they probably weren't going to resign him. And if they do, to be honest, Brian, they probably saved his career a little bit. I mean, they don't run him as hard as anybody else would. He's a third down, second, third down back. He like they do switch off with him and Chubb, but he's not taking near snaps as Chubb has taken. But I mean, for him being 27 years old and still running the way he does, I thought a contender that needs a run game like the Buffalo Bills, I thought would come after him. Uh, the Rams, after Eckler got hurt, would come after him. Somebody would come after him, and nobody did because even Dearness Johnson this past game got in for a little bit. And, of course, he runs like he always runs, which is just like Chubb and Hunt. I mean, for some odd reason, they got all the running backs in their room all run pretty much the same way, and they run angry. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad they kept it. I hope that they find a way to keep him long-term because I know – I believe in my heart of hearts that he really wants to be in Cleveland and he wants to be here for the turnaround when Deshaun gets back and, uh, you know, start competing for something maybe next year. Um, but it's a business and we're paying a lot of guys, a lot of money. And I think, uh, the Najoku money kind of hurt any chance that you had of keeping hunt. So, yeah. Think of Najoku, you think of Garrett, you think of Watson, you think of our two guards. Um, we're just paying so many guys a ton of money. You know, we have so many guys that are in top five, top 10, Nick Chubb, uh, of their position. And you, you can't keep everybody. Unfortunately, it's the price of being good. Yep. Well, brother, you ready for Fat Boy Tuesday? Okay. And now it's time for. Fat Boy Tuesday. And for once, we would normally not talk about food this segment, but I do got to bring up a food comment, bro. Um, the McRib is back for the last time. Okay. And Get I was, out of here. Really? Yeah. Last guess, time ever? I guess they're done with the McRib, which I am very saddened by because that is probably the best sandwich ever. Um, I've never had one. You never had one? Oh, yeah, can you on. believe that? I thought it usually came out in the springtime. Does it always come out in the fall? 
it's always like a seasonal. They either do it in the spring or the fall, but it's always one of the two where they bring it back for just that few months or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to the afternoon drive and our guy, Nick Wilson, they brought in McRibs to the show. Hmm. We've both seen Nick Wilson. He's a bigger fella. And I mean, not like he's not fat. He's just, what is he, like 6'6"? Six, six? Like he's just a big dude. Is he really? Well, yeah, you he, saw him. You stood next yeah, to him. He's huge. He's just tall. Like I, I don't know. He didn't even touch a McRib. Free McRib sitting hmm. right there. And he didn't touch it, Bry. And I called shenanigans on him. I called him straight out. I'm like, you eat that McRib and you like it. What are you doing there? Sitting there smelling the box, getting in your shame bag? Eat it. And I kept going after him after that. But yeah, McRib's back. Uh, if you get a chance, it's probably the last time they're going to have it. Um, Maybe I'll have to do that. Does it really taste like a rib? Yeah. It's rib meat. Really? Yeah, it's rib meat. It's just formed in like a patty. It's I I don't know how to explain it. And they're well, now, now now I don't even know if I want to try it because what if I love it? What if it's great? It's the last time I'm going to have it. I'm just depriving myself of one other thing that I love for the rest of my life. Bry, but you also got to figure out what if I never tried it. I wonder if it really was that good. I wonder if it ever, you got to try it, Bry. I might call McDonald's bluff and. uh you know, wait for them to come out with it again. I don't think it'll happen, Bry. But you know, why, if it's such a cult following uh, favorite, why wouldn't I, they come out with it again? I don't know why they don't have it on their menu year round. I would be a happy <laughs> camper. I would be one happy camper. I love the McRib. I'd like they probably just don't make much money off of it. That's I mean, it always comes down to dollars and cents. Well, either that or just doing the. Uh, Oh, Justin, how much of that rib meat is rib meat? I don't even care. Right. It's It's like a hot dog, probably. It's smothered in barbecue sauce, onions, and pickles. I don't care. Don't (laughs) care. You're not ruining it for me. I've eaten worse. All right? So, but yes, the McRib. Right now, I'm going to go get a McRib tonight. All right. What's what's Fat Boy Tuesday? All right. We are doing Halloween costumes. So, my boys dressed up as a ninja and a pirate. I got to see a whole bunch of costumes as I was going out. And I wanted to ask you, Bri, adults in costumes, if it's not a costume party, is that okay? If they're with their kids, yeah. Okay. Because I mean, if you're just dressing up to dress up, then yeah, something may be a little weird about that, I guess. But you do you. I got to see the Bat family. I got to see Batgirl, Batman, and Bat Baby. Um, I got to see a herd, a herd of dinosaurs, inflatable dinosaurs, which is yep. probably the funniest thing I've seen because all you see was just inflatable heads running around. I got to see a dad dressed up as um, Monsters Inc., dressed up as Sully, and the daughter dressed up as the little girl from the movie. So I, I was wondering what was one of the best costumes that you've seen this year have you seen any costumes this year yeah um so we got a um a halloween party coming up on saturday so i haven't seen a ton of um costumes but just based on what kids coming around and um you know trick-or-treating on monday i'll tell you the 
best costume I've seen, and it wasn't even made up or nothing. Uh, this actually happened. The kid across the street, um, down a couple houses, that family's a Steelers fan. And last year, he wore his Chase Claypool jersey. And this was before Claypool got traded uh, on Monday night. So he wore his Chase Claypool jersey again, and he had a bag on his head. So the Steelers being down for one year, well, not even one year, half a year. Broke and now they're, now they're already putting bags on their heads because <laughs> they have half a losing season. So that was the greatest. I mean, probably tops for the next several years. I mean, it was just, it was so refreshing to see like, yep, finally it's your time to be ashamed to be a fan of your team because, uh, you know, our two, uh, our stocks are going in two separate directions. We hope so. Uh, so that that was. Oh man, I I didn't say anything. I wasn't talking trash or nothing like that. But I just had the biggest smile on my face. Tell me, you gave him two pieces of candy for that? <laughs> oh no, no. Uh-uh. I should have. I should have turned him right away. He's still a Steelers fan. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Hey. You have to deal with half a losing season. Yeah, must be you tough. Take, you should have taken the bag off his face. Go deal with it for 20 years like we did <laughs> yep. enjoy kenny pickett hey, he ain't gonna be he's gonna he's garbage he's not gonna be anything right. i'm not worried about kenny pickett one bit i do have to uh so my uh you know junior you've met junior so mm-hmm. his wife sent me a picture <laughs> he got one of those inflatable unicorns that you wear around your waist so it looks like you're running with like the unicorns running. And you oh, yeah. Them. I love those costumes. And then he had a unicorn horn on his head with his daughters that were princesses. was Sweet. absolutely amazing. I, I started laughing so hard. I'm like, to be a girl dad, especially for him, like he is into just muscle cars, everything else, like just anything he could work on with his hands, he's into. And then now he's a girl dad and he hair braided. Fingernails painted. He don't care. He's just like, yeah, go ahead. Hey, like, <laughs> just love seeing it. All right, Brian, let's get into our top three. Uh, yep. Justin said a baby shark inflatable. Hmm. Cool. He, now, Justin's favorite thing is Thanksgiving. He put his Thanksgiving decorations out on Saturday. Me too. Me too. And I, okay. I'm just ready for food. I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> All right, let's get into our top three, Bri. All right, our top three this week is horror movies, Bri. Now, we were deciding, with the boys being the age that they are, when was time to get a kid's horror movie that, you know, think would be acceptable for the kids? Okay, like, you know, we grew up watching Casper. Uh, We grew up watching um, Haunted Mansion, you know, things like that as a kid. But I wanted to know your top three horror movies. Okay, I I got three for you here. Um, And then I might have to bounce because I'm down to one percent here. So we're cutting it close. Yep, I'm cutting it. Uh, my number three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, seeing both the remake and the original, either one's pretty good. 
Number two, Scream, probably the first one I would say. Um, you know me, I'm not a huge horror guy, but uh, but that was a good one. My number one, maybe you might not call it a horror movie, but um, Predator. Uh, people oh, die okay. by a monster, basically. So uh, I consider that a horror movie. The one with Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, the original. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. All right, so my number three has got to go Leprechaun. Anything with Le- oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> two Candyman. Now they redid it. I watched the Candyman from old school days, and then my number one, and I've I've said it I think on this show before, is like you've had Jason, you've had Freddie, you've had everything else. I watched a movie called Sinister, and that just floored me because it's well, yeah, I I just can't. sounds terrible. But even like the Saul movies, like I I got into like a couple of them, but just like the I yeah, and honorable mention, what is it? Thirteen Ghost. I haven't seen it. Well, oh, you're going to have to watch it. You'll like it. Uh-huh. So, on that note, we are here at the end of the show, Bry. One hour, one minute, buddy. How about that? Cool. All right. So, well Bry, well watch you. God bless them. So you can go charge your phone before Thursday night football. God bless you. God bless America. All right. There he is. Big fella. I am that fat guy. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we love our troops and first responders. Thank you guys so much for everything you guys do. Thank you to the guys in the comments. Uh, Ed, Justin, Craig, James, Hype Man Polly was in here tonight. Thank you guys so much. Tell your friends and family about our show. We love doing it every week. And, you know, we love you guys and the things you guys say, except for sometimes what Justin says. But as long as it's PG-13 appropriate, we can use it. It's fine. On that note, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We're out, and we will see you next Tuesday for our special mailbag episode. Any question that you got that you want to ask us, go ahead and ask us. We'll try to answer them the best we can. And we will see you next Tuesday. Have a good night, everybody.